Jenny Detweiler, and I invite you to come and join me as we take a pause in our busy day and pursue soul care as we allow our bodies to slow down and our minds to be renewed with goodness, truth, and hope. This is PRN. Pause. Renew. Next. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our series on attachment. If you missed the last three episodes, I hope you'll go back and check them out. In our last episode, we talked about the secure attachment style, what that looks like. We talked about the attachment dance that we have with our early caregivers. We talked about the long-term effects of what secure attachment looks like in our relationships and more. So I hope you'll go back and check that out if you haven't already listened. In the coming weeks, we'll be talking about the insecure attachment styles. But before we do that, I wanted to talk about a subject that I think sets us up really well for talking about insecure attachment, and that is attachment and authenticity. A lot of the work that we're going to be talking about today comes from a man named Gabor Maté. He's a Canadian physician and author who's done a ton of work and research in the areas of ADD, addiction, trauma, and attachment. He himself has a background of trauma because he was born in Budapest, Hungary in 1944, and his family was greatly affected by World War II. His grandparents died in Auschwitz, his aunt disappeared during the war, and his father was put into forced labor at the hands of the Nazi party. When he was only one, he was separated from his mom for five weeks to help save his life. Although they were later reunited, he says that that attachment disruption really affected him and caused trauma that continued to manifest in his adult life. And I'm sure a lot of that has to do with why he's so passionate about this subject. His work talks about the biopsychosocial aspects of pathology and the role of trauma and stress in our relationships. Gabor Maté says that a child is born having two needs, the need for attachment and the need for authenticity. Now, we've been talking about attachment on this series. That is a bond, contact, connection, and love. We get this with our early caregivers, and we continue to need it throughout our lives. Without attachment, we literally would not survive. As humans especially, our attachment needs are enormous. Because if you think about it, of all the animal species, humans are really the most needy. We are the most dependent. So recently, my family and I got some baby chicks, and we watched them grow over the last few months. We got them when they were probably a couple of days old. And already, they're walking around and pecking the ground. Now, humans, obviously, can't even walk until we're around one year old. We certainly can't find our own food. We're completely dependent on our caregiver. And that sets us up for that attachment dance that we talked about in our last episode. Attachment is an important relationship we set up with our early caregivers, where there is a need and it's met, a need and it's met. We learn trust. We learn relationship strategies. It's so important. And those attachment needs remain important for our entire lives. Our whole societies are based on networks of connection, from the family to churches to businesses to societies. We have such a strong need for connection and belonging. So we have a need for attachment. And Gabor Maté says the second need is for authenticity. Authenticity is the need to be in touch with our bodies, to know what we feel, what's happening in our bodies and what's happening around us, to be able to express who we are and manifest that in our relationships. 
In order to survive, we must be in touch with our gut feelings. We must know what we feel and hopefully be able to express that in safe, close, healthy relationships. We need to be able to express the essence of who we are. This is authenticity. Even in nature, animals have to be in touch with their gut feelings. If they're not, they won't survive. In fact, along those lines, when I was in college, I took a women's self-defense class. And as a class, we read this book called The Gift of Fear by Gavin DeBecker. And one of the things I remember from that book is that he said that humans are the only species who ignore their gut. It's like we have a sixth sense about something, but often we write that off with our logic and reasoning. So these sixth sense feelings kind of come from our right brain, but our left brain writes them off with statements like, oh, it's probably okay. He seems charming enough. Or everybody else acts like it's not a big deal, so I guess I should act that way too. But can you imagine in the savanna grasslands of Africa, if a gazelle did not follow their gut instinct, well, they would be easy prey, wouldn't they? We have to follow our guts. It's what keeps us safe in the world. And knowing our emotions, knowing our own safety mechanisms, knowing our guts and our body sensations, and being able to express that in healthy and safe relationships helps us actually even survive. Besides the fact that we all have a desire to be known, don't we? God put that deep inside of us. We want to be seen. We want to be known. We want to be loved. So authenticity, again, is being in touch with our bodies, our gut, our emotions, and being able to express these things, which is a huge survival need. So what happens for a child when the attachment need is not compatible with the need for authenticity? Dr. Matei explains that when people are faced with the choice of either attachment or authenticity, we will always choose attachment. And really, what other choice does a child have? They can't give up their relationship with their caregiver. They need to be cared for. And they need that bond desperately. And remember that all this is happening really, really young, sometimes even pre-verbally in a way, or long before we have explicit memories about all of this stuff. This is happening really kind of subconsciously in a lot of ways. So a child cannot give up their relationship with their parent. They need that bond of attachment. Their life depends on their parents. So they will pursue attachment, that bond at all cost, and sacrifice their authenticity. The message is, if I'm authentic, my parents will reject me. If I feel what I feel and express what I feel and insist on my own truth, my parents can't handle it. Now, here's the thing. As parents, we convey this unconsciously all the time, not because we mean to or because we're bad people but because maybe we ourselves have learned to suppress our own needs and maybe we're uncomfortable with needs being expressed by our kids. The message we're sending is that you're not acceptable with the emotions that you have or that you're not acceptable with expressing emotions in that way. And the price that we pay for inauthenticity is huge. And yet that's how a lot of us survived our childhood. Okay, let's talk about what this looks like in a small scale. So in a small-scale way, this might look like maybe a parent is uncomfortable with anger. And that could be for a variety of reasons, but a lot of times it's because they grew up maybe in an environment with somebody who, when they were angry, did not feel very safe to them. So anger itself is uncomfortable for them. So then their kid expresses anger, and they can't handle it. And often as parents, that looks like either, no, ma'am, we do not talk in that way. You go to your room until you have a better attitude. Or... 
we get maybe a little passive aggressive or we get the silent treatment or you name it. In other words, that is not welcome here. And really quick, our kids get the message like if I want to be accepted by mom or dad, I cannot express anger because they shut down and I feel distance from them when I express that. So I need to learn not to express that. The same thing can happen with all kinds of emotions. So sometimes it's sadness, sometimes it's grief. I mean, whatever the case may be, that's in a small scale what this looks like. In a larger scale, I mean, that that is what we'll talk about in the insecure attachment styles more so. Um, but it would be a much more extreme version of that and could include maybe abuse or things like that. And the truth is, even Gabor Maté says he did this with his kids a lot of times. Sometimes we just do it. We don't mean to do it. We just don't have capacity for all the emotions that our kids bring. And that's okay. That's not what we're talking about. Remember in the last few episodes, we've been talking about rupture and repair and how maybe a really good parent gets it right about 50% of the time. So as long as our kids know that they are safe with us, that they can express emotions, even when sometimes we don't have capacity for it, it's all okay. This is one of those things where it's an always kind of thing, where always we shut down those emotions. Then the end result of that is that a child doesn't learn that they can be their authentic self. And if they can't do that, what they end up doing is suppressing those emotions instead. And later, as they're older, we ask, what do you feel? And they literally have no idea. They don't know because they've learned so well to suppress that. Or, or maybe we get to midlife and we truly don't even know who we are. All those things tell us that at some point, maybe we found out it was too costly in our attachment relationships to be in touch with who we actually were, to be able to express those things. It becomes not our first nature, but our second nature to suppress our feelings, to lose touch with ourselves. And it was necessary for survival in our early years. But later in adulthood, We pay the cost in the form of addictions as one thing, because if you learn to suppress your emotions, life doesn't get easier. There's always going to be suffering. And if you feel those hard emotions and you don't know what to do with them, then probably you're going to numb them out. And that looks like addiction or mental illnesses of many kinds, or sometimes physical illnesses or autoimmune diseases, because as we know, Our body keeps the score. You suppress it long enough and something's going to pay the cost for it. And all this started with a conflict between keeping an attachment relationship and keeping our authenticity. So right about now, you may be feeling overwhelmed on a couple of fronts. So let's talk about that, because what I don't want you to do is leave this episode today feeling hopeless or upset. Let's talk about what you can do about it. Number one, if you notice that you yourself are having these feelings, that you don't know your own emotions, that maybe you don't know who you are, or the things that I talked about in this episode really ring true deep down for you, that maybe you weren't able to express who you were when you were in childhood, and even now it's difficult for you, then I would begin by starting to notice what it is that you need. When things get hard for you, what happens in your body? What happens in your emotions? Even beginning to name those emotions or feel them as they come up. And I would encourage you to find the safest people in your life. Whoever those close relationships are who love you no matter what, or who care for you and are a safe place for you no matter what you might feel, to begin to try to voice those things out loud. 
It's going to take some bravery. It may be a little uncomfortable, but as you do it, it'll become a little more easy to notice inside of yourself and to know that you're safe to be able to say those things out loud. And if you feel like you could use some extra support, I really encourage you to go talk to a therapist. They are well-trained to be able to help you in this area. And if you as a parent are thinking, oh no, I do this a lot. I shut my kids down all the time. Then I would encourage you to do a couple of things, kind of like we talked about in the last episode, to notice when your kid is having big emotions that feel uncomfortable for you or expressing needs in a way that feels really uncomfortable, maybe even triggering for you. To begin to step back and ask, what does my child need in this moment? Now, remember, if they're in the middle of a tantrum and you're all ramped up, you're not going to be able to do this. (laughs) So after the fact, maybe you just have to make it through that. But after the fact, when things have slowed down and you have time to think, go back and reflect, what does my child need when they express things in this way? And what is hard about that for me? What is so difficult about that for me? when they express this particular emotion, when they trigger me with this particular reaction? Why is that so hard for me? What is going on inside of me when that happens? This, again, might be helpful to do out loud with a close family member or a friend or a therapist. I also encourage you to pray about it because the Holy Spirit is our counselor and he's very wise and well-gifted in healing and the ultimate repairer of relationships. And I also encourage you to journal, write it down. Sometimes it helps us to make sense of things when we can put it on paper. Okay, friends, next episode, we are going to jump into the insecure attachment styles, which flows very well out of this episode. But before we do that, I want to end today with a scripture passage. I told you in each episode, we're going to end with a scripture passage that reflects attachment. And today we're going to go back to Psalm 4, a Psalm of David. And I want you to listen for all these secure attachment themes that you hear. I'm going to go through it the first time. You listen, and then I'll go back and share with you the ones that I noticed. I'm reading in the NASB version. Answer me when I call, God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. You sons of man, how long will my honor be treated as an insult? How long will you love what is worthless and strive for a lie? But know that the Lord has set apart the godly person for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Tremble and do not sin. Meditate in your heart upon your bed and be still. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and trust in the Lord. Many are saying, who will show us anything good? Lift up the light of your face upon us, Lord. You have put joy in my heart, more than when their grain and new wine are abundant. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, have me dwell in safety. What did you notice? I'm going to share with you the parts that really sounded like secure attachment to me. He says, answer me when I call God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. So if you remember from last episode in secure attachment, one of our needs is for comfort and to be relieved when we're in distress. And that's what he's saying about God. The Lord hears when I call to him. He knows that he's being heard, that he's safe. Lift up the light of your face upon us, Lord. You have put joy in my heart. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, have made me dwell in safety. When we feel safe, when we feel like we're secure, we can rest. 
And that's how David feels with God. Well, friends, if you find this podcast series encouraging or helpful, I hope you'll pass it on to others who you think would benefit from it. Or just because you like it. Word of mouth is my favorite. You can find me on Instagram or Facebook at Pause Renew Next or on my website, pauserenewnext.com. And you know you can find the podcast on any podcasting app. If you're not already subscribed, I hope that you'll go do that today. Well, that is all for today's podcast episode. I'll meet you back here next Tuesday as we jump into the insecure attachment styles. I'm Jenny Detweiler with PRN. Pause, renew, next. May you be encouraged on your journey with Jesus. Thank you.